Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Come on. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. off the glass and Clint Capella jams it home. Trey did that on purpose. He put it off the glass so Clint could grab it. DeAndre on the fly underneath. Johnny Collins jams it home. Beautiful pass from DeAndre Hunter. Lou Williams gets it stripped by Conley. Picked up by Clarkson. Out to Conley. Behind for Clarkson. Jams it. Ingles fires the three when Gallinari drops his hands and buries it. Don't drop your hands on me. I will take my left-handed Australian weapon and I will spear three. Highlights as the Jazz take down the Atlanta Hawks, 116-98. No Donovan Mitchell, no problem. Could have been a problem. Tight game going to the fourth quarter. It was going back and forth there in the third. Jazz were down five or six, and they're up four or five. It was going back and forth. But the start of the fourth quarter, all Jazz all the time. Magic Johnson used to call it winning time. The Jazz got good in winning time, a 41-point quarter. Really only had one bad defensive quarter. They gave up 34 there in the third. But they hold Atlanta under 100 points. They're 4-0 when they hold opponents under 100 points. The way way you score in the NBA these days, there are very few winners when you don't get to 100 points. Hero of the game? Well, obviously Jordan Clarkson. He hadn't made a shot in forever. Just trying to avoid the numbers. He hadn't made a shot in a long time, and suddenly he made a lot of shots. Clarkson was hitting everything in the second half. Seemed like there was everything was destined to go in for him. He ends up with a Donovan Mitchell-like 30 points. So Donovan could sit over there in street clothes and smile and laugh because everything is funny when you beat a nice team, beat a good team on the road by 18 points, which is what the Jazz did. We'll get to more on this coming up. Got the question of the day for you on the Jazz. Got David Locke joining us at 8.30. Jazz beat the Hawks. Now they head off to Florida for a back-to-back this weekend. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Niang out of transition for three. It's up. And good. He's made it. He's got four in a row. The Sixers with a D and a trail tray by George Niang. Shea long three straight away from 35 to take it under money ball. Gildas Alexander from just inside the Laker logo. Bombs and connects. 101-95. Thunder Shea's got 28. Porter into the lane area. Loses the ball. Ball picks it up. On the break is Booker. Lob it up for it. Whammo time. Raquel Bridges on the alley-oop pass from Booker. I wasn't aware of the situation, and my seven years I've been here, you know, I haven't noticed that, but that doesn't, you know, make me insensitive to the subject. And, you know, I think the NBA open investigation, they're going to do their due diligence of, you know, bringing out facts instead of he said, she said. And, you know, I'm sure the NBA has it in good hands and do the proper research to, you know, find out the truth. Devin Booker talking about what's going on in Phoenix. Now, they won the game, but they beat the Houston Rockets. So, I think we knew they were going to win the game when we looked at the schedule. 123-111, Booker had 27 in the blowout win for the Phoenix Suns. 
The big story, and this would be the big story regardless of who they were playing and whether they're winning or losing, Suns owner Robert Sarver under investigation by the NBA after allegations of misogyny and racism during his 17 years of ownership. Sarver has issued a series of firm denials in the statements and comments through his attorneys. The NBA has directed a law firm to begin a comprehensive investigation, which would provide the basis for any action from the league against Sarver. So it sounds a little bit like a Washington football team situation here, and we'll see where this goes. Light night in the NBA, in addition to the Jazz and the Suns winning, the Boston Celtics beat the Miami Heat 95-78. That is interesting for a couple reasons. One, the Celtics were off to a terrible start, and they had one player complaining about two other players, and all the players were in the starting lineup. So that was that was kind of dramatic. And It's not that guys went off. Maybe they got big production out of the bench more than anything. Uh, Tatum only had 10 points in the win. Jalen Brown only had 17. But Miami could not score the basketball. Jimmy Butler had a 20-point game, although he's 0 for 4 from 3. And the Heat, a miserable 78 points, a 9-point second quarter. They got outscored by Boston 33-9. As runs go, that is massive. So Boston beats Miami. Boston now four and five after a two and five start. Miami, that's only their second loss. They're six and two. Everybody in the East has two losses right now. Miami's right there at the top. Jazz have to play the Heat, and it's back to back. What's going on with the Heat? Why did they shoot less than thirty-five percent in the game? Uh, that is that going to keep happening? Duncan Robinson five of seventeen. Yikes. Now, the Jazz, you got to figure they're going to be shorthanded. They're going back-to-back. Well, is this the game Conley will sit? And then they play him in Orlando and make sure they get the win everybody's supposed to get when you play Orlando. And if you lose to Miami, so be it in a back-to-back. And how long is Donovan Mitchell out for? None of that clear. Personally, I would not be surprised to see both Conley and Mitchell out for that game. Not that that renders the Jazz completely helpless. They went through that at the end of last season, and they won some games there. But uh, back-to-back in Miami, Orlando. But Miami coming off a, uh, a brutal performance. That's their first home loss as they fall to 6-2 and two on the year. And then also in those highlights, you're George Niang. It's just kind of fun to watch the Sixer box score and see what is going on with Niang. Basically... He's who he is in Utah, but he's getting more playing time. He got 32 minutes. That's He's not a starter. He's coming off the bench. But 32 minutes, you're a full-time player. Doesn't, doesn't matter when you play him. If you're getting 32 minutes, you are a full-time player. He didn't shoot it all that well. 4 of 11 from the floor. 3 of 10, so he got a two-pointer in there. But he's 3 of 10 from 3, but 14 points, 7 rebounds, and they were plus 18 when he was on the floor. That was the Pistons, and they're terrible. They are 1-7 in seven after that loss. But the Sixers battling for the top spot in the East again. Miami told you they were 6-2. Six Sixers are 7-2, so they're off to a very nice start. Yang's got a big role, and things seem to be going well for him in Philly. And saving the best for last, somebody buried the lead. But see, that's just because I know how you folks are. The classic. You're not here to enjoy other people's troubles, other people's struggles. Especially if a guy is injured, you would never do that. Just because it's the Lakers. And you hate the freaking Lakers, to quote David Locke. And they lost to the Thunder, who are not the worst team in the West. But they would be if they hadn't beaten the Lakers twice, because they haven't beaten anybody else. The Thunder are 2-6 and six with two wins over the Lakers. 
lose those games, they're 0-8, and they'd be the only winless team in basketball. And the Pistons, Rockets, and Pelicans all have a win. And Rockets beat the Thunder for their only win. But for whatever reason, the Thunder have the Lakers number. They get them 107-104. No LeBron. Abdominal strain. And just to go big picture on this, because any one game, crazy things happen. But to go big picture, what are the Lakers without LeBron? LeBron is getting older. It's father time going to beat him. And one of the first things to look for when you're older is you get hurt more easily. And it takes longer to bounce back. LeBron did not sit for a lot of abdominal strains in his prime. Now, if you got it, you got it. And there's nothing you can do about it. You got to sit. It's not going to get better. You can make it worse. You're not going to be very good while you're out there. You have an abdominal strain and you try to run and jump and twist and defend. Yeah, not happening. There's no choice here for LeBron. But to sit. And they have won five of their last seven games. So it's not like they're horrible, but they lost to the Thunder and that is a little hilarious. That's hilarious until it happens to your team. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Here's a handoff left side to Taylor. He's going to cut out left side. He's at the 10, looking for the 5, looking for the pylon. He's in. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Takes a shotgun snap, backs to throw. He's got time. Throws into the end zone, and that is dropped. Oh, Michael oh. Pittman Jr. could not complete the catch in the back of the end zone. The lights and the whistles here at Lucas Oil Stadium are going off. Wentz turns the hands off to Jonathan Taylor. Big hole. There he goes. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Jonathan Taylor. 78 yards to the house. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y-J-T. 41 to 10, and the onslaught continues. Jets rally late, make it a little more respectable, but the Colts roll. 45 to 30. Indy improves to 4 and 5, which with the new playoff format makes them a contender for a playoff spot. Not a contender for a championship, not a contender for a Super Bowl, but it does make them a contender for one of those seven playoff bursts, even though they're 4 and 5. Jonathan Taylor, he has a 78-yard touchdown run there. He ran for 172 yards, which is an enormous number for the Jets. Mike White is off to a nice start. He goes out. Josh Johnson comes in. He has a big game. They throw for 398 yards. So a little bit of pressure here on the rookie, the local guy. When he is back, got to move the team, got to throw the ball, got to rack up the yards because it turns out literally everybody else is. I mean, what do you know about Josh Johnson? Now, maybe you were watching the game, so you got a little background on him. But... 35-year-old dude from the University of San Diego comes in and throws for 300 yards. If you're Zach Wilson, you're going to have to move the Jets when you get back. And some of that was garbage time. I get it. You got to do a little something. Jets fall to 2-6. and six. Browns have been working with Odell Beckham Jr.'s representatives to negotiate an agreement on terms under which they can release the wide receiver. Browns obviously want to convert his base salary into a signing bonus, lower his cap number. It doesn't sound like him leaving is the issue. Sounds like what kind of money is he getting and how is he going to count against the salary cap? That's the only thing left. He's still not 30 years old. He's actually turning 29 today. Possible landing spots. Who does he make better? Does he go to somebody who's just, quote, just a playoff contender and try to get them to the playoffs? 
There are plenty of teams sitting on three or four wins right now that think they have a shot who could use him. Or does he go to somebody who's good, try to put him over the top and win it all and really show up the Browns? Where does he go? And who's got a strong enough locker room and strong enough leadership to put up with all that drama? Because he will bring drama. And if he doesn't, his family will. All right, big games this weekend. What are you looking forward to? Obviously, the big game was Packers-Chiefs. That was a huge game, a marquee game. It's still an interesting game, but drop it down a notch now with no Aaron Rodgers. I suppose drop it down a a notch nationally because Aaron Rodgers is such a big star. But certainly locally, and I think to a degree nationally, how good is Jordan Love? This is his first game. He's had a lot of time in the system. He's watched a lot of film. He's heard a lot of things, but he hasn't had to do it himself. And let's face it, the Chiefs' defense has ranged between average and horrific. That's the neighborhood they've been bouncing around. They have had games they could not stop anybody. So as far as, you know, just one game, and we don't know how long Rodgers is out for, but if it's just one game and how does your debut go, and if you have a long career, you'll have plenty of ups and downs. But just for that first performance, first impressions matter. Chiefs defense, not bad for, uh, for someone to be going against. All right, talking about teams that are just kind of playoff contenders, the Broncos have beaten enough truly horrific teams that they have managed to maintain a 500-ish record, although they're playing the Cowboys, so look pretty good. And I don't think that game's going to... I think that game's on early on Fox, sorry. I think that game's on early on Fox for you uh, for you Bronco fans. Uh, other games that are intriguing, uh, the Cardinals... Tied for the best record in the NFL, playing the 49ers, a 500-ish playoff contender-ish team of their own. The Rams playing the Titans. The Titans now without the NFL's best running back with Derrick Henry out. Rams and Cardinals are one-loss teams. Can they keep it going, along with the, uh, the Cowboys and the Packers? Games to watch right there. Uh, games between kind of sort of okay teams, Browns and Bengals. Whoever wins has a good enough record. They feel pretty good about themselves. They presumably keep pace with the division-leading Ravens, who are 5-2. and two. Bengals are 5-3. and three. If they can beat the Browns, they go 6-3. and three. If the Browns win, both teams are 5-4 and four and kind of hanging around in the wild card race. So those are some of the games. Titans-Rams is a Sunday night football game on NBC. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. The Utes are in Palo Alto tonight, Friday night football. Stanford hosting the Utes. Now, Stanford with a huge question mark. Is their quarterback going to play? Now, it's always a big deal when the starting quarterback is or isn't going to play. And Tanner McKee, who comes in as highly recruited, returned missionary off in Brazil for a couple years. But now something's going on with Tanner. And his coach, David Shaw, came out and said, you know, basically, well, yeah, maybe, probably, kind of, sort of, we'll see, we'll get there, we ought to know Friday. Thanks, coach. (laughs) So he's a big old definite maybe. thanks. (laughs) Well, he really didn't narrow it down. He didn't say what was wrong. He didn't say how long he was going to be out. He's uh, questionable for this game. And it's a big deal because they have no run game. And I mean no run game. How many times has Stanford run for 100 yards in this? Uh, had a 100-yard rusher in it this year? Once. Been 100-yard rusher all year, and that's because kid broke an 87-yard run against USC. Period. End of story. So they've had one good run play this year and had one good game from a running back. The Utes 
Their defensive front ought to control the line of scrimmage. And now they make them one-dimensional, literally from the opening drive, and can Stanford beat you? Typically, when Kyle Whittingham gets a team to be one-dimensional, his defense is in good shape, and the Utes are in good shape, and they win the game. If the Utes win, they improve to 6-3, and 5-1. and one. They know they have a mulligan in the final four games. If they win, they've got a mulligan in the final three, and they got Arizona and Colorado, and they shouldn't need a mulligan there. They are in great shape right now, so I guess, what do we do? Do we upgrade them to excellent shape to go to the Pac-12 title game if they win this? I don't think we should be making 3-5 and five Stanford, who's 2-4 and four in the conference, make them out to be a big hurdle. And yet, when you look at the youth schedule, well, they're the second, Oregon's the big hurdle. But you have a mulligan for Oregon. So this is the second biggest hurdle. And this is what happens. The Utes are playing the last place team in the North, Stanford, and they've still got the two bottom teams in the South who are combined 2-14, and 14, and one of those wins was when Colorado beat Arizona, and the other was when Colorado beat Northern Colorado in their Big Sky Money game. I mean, just follow the yellow brick road, Dorothy. That's Oz. You're going to the Pac-12 title game. Don't mess it up against Stanford tonight. By the way, Stanford's run defense. Terrible. So you ought to run the ball. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Senior day. Great memories. Last game in the stadium. We've said it a million times. Football is the one thing. That's the sport you cannot approximate when you're done. When you're done, you're done. No turkey bowl is going to match the organization and intensity of a college football game. So if you're not going to the NFL, and a few guys are, this is it. And it's kind of weird because it could be a senior day for the juniors and they haven't sorted all that out. Guys have decisions to make. The program has decisions to make. They might encourage guys to move along. We'll have to see. And obviously for some guys, it would be a chance to transfer and play one more year somewhere else if they really want to. So a lot of stuff to be sorted out. But BYU ought to pound Idaho State. The Cougars are 7-2. and two. That'll go to 8-2. and two. Idaho State is not only a big sky team, they're a bad big sky team. They're 1-7. So how many is BYU going to win by? I don't know. How many does Kalani want to win by? BYU TV at 1-30. Cougar pregame show starts at 12-30 live from JCW's in... Provo, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Well, BYU's not the only team playing a bad one and seven team. No. I was going to say. Utah State is playing New Mexico State. A perfectly awful one and seven. Now, if you're looking for comparative scores and you need more assurance that the the team that just came into uh, Logan and got crunched by the Aggies. Aggies dropped 50 on Hawaii. Well, Hawaii's beaten New Mexico State twice. As an independent, New Mexico State was looking for games in a pandemic. Hawaii's having problems scheduling games, I guess. Or maybe just in general. That's a long way to go. So Hawaii scheduled New Mexico State to a home-and-home and beat them 41-21 and 48-34. So if Mexico State can score 34 points on Hawaii, how many points should Utah State score? A lot, they ought to roll. Non-league game, Aggies ought to get to 7-2. and two. It's on Bally Sports Arizona and Flow Football. And Scotty G's got the call right here on the Zone Sports Network, 1 o'clock. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So the Cal Bears, multiple players will miss tomorrow games, tomorrow's game against Arizona after entering COVID protocols, citing student privacy laws. Cal did not specify which players. They didn't even say how many. They did say 99% of the players are fully vaccinated, so you could be in the protocol. You get two negative tests in 24 hours, you can play. 
But maybe this is the game Arizona wins. I mean, they got to win at some point, right? They got to break this streak at some point. They didn't win this year. They didn't win last year. They didn't. Uh, never mind. It's been a long if time. If you're going to snap the streak, get a team that is short on athletes. Right. But we don't know how many. And we exactly. don't know how many are starters. So uh, that one's looming out there. Uh, big games. Uh, Auburn and Texas A&M is the only game that matches ranked teams this week. 13th ranked Auburn. Goes to 14th ranked Texas A&M. That's 1:30 on CBS, and they're just sorting out who gets to go to a New Year's Day bowl game and who doesn't. It's basically what they're sorting out there because we know Alabama and Georgia are headed to the SEC title game. There is a path for Auburn if they went out, and yeah, but that's not going to happen, is it? It's going to be, it's going to be Alabama, and it's going to be Georgia, and everybody else will be shocked if it's anything other than that. But Alabama does have a loss, and Auburn does have a loss, so if Auburn wins out and wins the Iron Bowl, they could still end up in the conference title game. Are the rest of it, well, now that we have the official rankings, even if you don't like them, we're just looking for upsets. Uh, and so mostly you're looking for teams who are on the road. Now, Ohio State has a loss. I would think a second one would eliminate them, although they're Ohio State, so, you know, if someone's going to get in with two losses, it's going to be Alabama or Ohio State. Ohio State will take their 7-1 record to Nebraska. Nebraska's got to break through at some point, and they are at home, but I wouldn't think it's this week. Ninth-ranked Wake Forest is undefeated. They're going to North Carolina. And the ACC is so big that even though they're natural in-state rivals, they don't play each other, so they scheduled a non-conference game so they could play each other, which is, it's bad they're not playing each other in the conference, and this is the downside of mega-conferences. But if you want to schedule non-conference games to keep rivalries going, I'm all for it. Uh, that That's the best option. And then the second best option is find a bowl game they can play in. Stop with all these conference tie-ins. They produce games nobody wants to watch. Create bowl games. The bowl games have enough issues just getting star players to play and paling in comparison to the importance of playoff games. At least give them some matchups. Come on. What are you doing? Uh, undefeated Michigan State is at Purdue. Trap game. Purdue's 5-3. and three. They're decent. And Michigan State has to go to Purdue, and they're coming off a big emotional win over Michigan and a great rally and all that stuff. So college teams go on the road. Sometimes crazy things happen. Uh, One loss, Oklahoma State's at West Virginia. One loss, Baylor is at TCU after the coaching change. So for you BYU fans studying up on the Big 12, a couple games to keep an eye on right there. And uh, Alabama's at home against LSU, uh, 5 o'clock on ESPN. That uh, They ought to keep rolling. Oregon is on ABC. Nice time slot there at Washington after Washington's coach trash talks their academics. Can Oregon keep it going? They're number four. They got to win out. They got to beat Washington, beat the Utes. Probably have to beat the Utes twice to hold on to that spot and get to a playoff. Personally, I think they put them at four. And it gives, hey, Pac-12, we respect you. And then you didn't play anybody down the straight. straight and look at what Oklahoma did, man. They beat they beat these ranked teams in Baylor and Oklahoma State. And Oregon gets leapfrogged. So. I was going to say, yo, Ohio State's going to jump over. are in. Too. Yeah, and, well, but Ohio State can knock Michigan State out. I know. They, so there's, so there's, a, there's a whole, yeah. Right, there's a lot. Of, but it almost feels like the Pac-12, look, we respect you. For now. Two weeks from now. But this is strictly a TV show, and we get to change our times multiple times because the last one matters a whole lot more than all the other ones put together. College football playoff expansion talks have been tabled until December 1. Oh, go to 12 teams already. Spread it across three networks. Keep CBS and Fox interested, and make sure CBS and Fox televise Big Ten and Pac-12 games. There, I said it. Let's just make it happen. Let's get on with it. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. 
Well, RSL's got one more shot. They have to beat Sporting Kansas City in Kansas City to get into the playoffs. They've had their shots. They've lost three of the last four. They've lost back-to-back home games. But the way things set up and based on who else is playing, if they win, they're in. And I know we've heard that before. But we hear it again, and it's true one more time. And basically in about half their seasons, their fate has been decided on the final day. It's a salary cap league. There's a lot of parody or mediocrity, depending on whether you want to praise or criticize. So it often comes down to the last day for multiple teams. And for LAFC, the LA Galaxy, RSL, Vancouver, Minnesota, those five teams playing for three berths on the final day of the season. Uh, Kansas City has something at stake here. They could win and still, with some help, get to the top spot and get a first-round bye and be at home for all the Western playoffs. Or they could finish second and get two home games and have to go on the road uh, for a conference final. Or they could drop all the way to third and only get one home game. So plenty at stake for sporting that whole notion of, well, depending on what happens, they might rest everybody. No. The top three are separated by one point. They'll all be playing because they've all got something to play for and advantages built into the playoff system, which it took forever, but they finally got right with a single elimination knockout play. Winner advances, loser goes home. Much better now than what they had before. Too confusing. DJ and PK, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Yuck, one thing to watch. Uh, they're just not taking Demir and Albert off the field, the two best players. They'll, other guys have rotated in and out, but those two will be playing their fifth game in 16 days. We just need to see how much they can run and what they got left in the tank. All right, DJ and PK coming up. David Locke at 8.30. Stanford's play-by-play, the voice of the Cardinal at 9.05 to get a lowdown on tonight's game. Coming up next, the question of the day. Stay with us. The New Zone lineup is here with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes Unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local, all day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com. Hot Takes of Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair is 2021, and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment, or visit www.utahhairmd.com. So the Jazz win again. Best record in the division. Best record in the conference. Best record in the entire NBA. Jazz are 7-1. and one, Half game in front of the Warriors who are 6-1. and one. Those are the only one-loss teams in the NBA. Everybody, has, everybody else has tasted defeat at least twice. And the Jazz do it. They win in Atlanta. Made a great playoff run last year. Beat the Knicks in five Beat the Sixers in seven. Pushed the Bucks to six games. That was 2-2. And then the Bucks won the last two to win the series and go on and win the title. So, young team on the way up. Good young star. And the Jazz are missing their star. And the Jazz win on the road by 18. 
And not only were they on the road, they were on the road in a, a difficult stretch. And they'd been home, but they'd only been home for one game. All they did was put, put more miles on the old team playing. Coming home for one game with Sacramento after you've been in Houston, Chicago, Milwaukee, that's just continuing the rhythm of game, plane flight, game, plane flight, game. I mean, yeah, one of them was at home, but it's like the worst possible home game. Yeah, you're in Milwaukee, we're going to bring you home for one game, and then we're going to send you back to Atlanta. It's the kind of stuff people groan at. The, all the people who check you know, sleep deprivation and making sure the team gets rest and the schedule comes out and they see that. The Jazz roll through that. And they got their, their all-star, a guy who's still getting better. And he's the guy who handles all the crunch time shots. You take him out of the lineup, and the Jazz respond by making sure there is no crunch time. Crunch time's five-point game, last five minutes. It's tense. You need big shots, and Donovan's your guy. The Jazz don't have him. It's a one-point game going to the fourth quarter. So the Jazz drop the hammer and make sure that they win the game in the first half of the fourth quarter, and they did. They pushed that lead up to 11. It was bouncing back and forth between 11 and 13 at the old six-minute mark. They had them. So I wonder how much Jazz fans are going to rally around this, get pumped up. It's on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. And it's got like nine comments. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. There's too much negativity in the media. Let's have some positivity. No Donovan Mitchell versus the Hawks. No friggin' problem. How impressive is that? This is teed up for a super positive moment. Nine of you embraced it. Now, if there had been something negative about, or even potentially negative about college football, it wouldn't have to be negative, just potentially negative, you could have embraced it. PK put up a great question about how good it would be to see uh, BYU and Oregon play to determine who the best in the West is. And it doesn't matter. Coaches poll, media poll, college football rankings, like these are the two best teams in the West. And they've beaten the Mountain West division leaders, and they're uh, combined 8-1 and one against Pac-12 teams. I mean, they're the best teams in the West. And I copy and paste that and put that on, <laughs> on my Twitter page. And a lot of stuff I tweet will get you know, three, four, five, six thousand interactions. And that's kind of normal. I haven't even checked this one lately, but it was over 40,000. I don't know what it's gone to. It keeps getting retweeted and debated. It's two days old, and I'm still getting comments on it. People are still going nuts over that. Up, oh, it's at 70,000 now. Wouldn't it be great? This is like 10 times, 12 times what you normally get. A tweet that I'm giving away free jazz tickets on the show with PK. I got about 3,000 hits. (laughs) Man, you people love the negative. You complain about it in the media, but all you got to do is post on the positive. Let's go. Samuel did. Awesome. All caps. Go jazz. Beat the heat magic this weekend. I guess I shouldn't rule anything out, Samuel. I assume they're going to split. I assume that they're going to rest Conley and Mitchell against Miami. Go for it against Orlando. Make sure you don't give away any gimmies. The Jazz are good enough, I think, they can. You're not going to win them all, but you are going to win the overwhelming vast majority of your gimmies. And then against the better teams, or at least decent teams on the road, you know, you struggle. There's 15 to 20 losses built into most NBA schedules. And then how many more do you drop after that? 
It's the rare team that wins more than the low 60s. And when you win in the low 60s, you are a championship contender. You know, in any given year, somewhere between one and three teams break 60 wins. And that number seems to be dropping. There's more taking care of your stars, limiting their minutes, giving them days off, which leads to more losses and makes it harder to get to 60 wins. Brad said J.C. shot his way out of his slump. Great job. Man, that second half, he was a different guy. For two and a half games, it was brutal. And then all of a sudden, Jordan Clarkson was on fire, couldn't miss. You know, a lot of times when guys get hot, you'll see them get hot from one or two places on the floor. You know, they got their favorite spot, and they'll hit shots from there. Maybe they'll get a couple of buckets in transition, and they'll have a good run. And Clarkson's sh- shot chart, he is everywhere. He's two or three different places in the lane. There's the 47 dribbles through his legs behind his back before he sticks the three right in front of the Jazz bench. But there's a catch-and-shoot three above the break on the left-hand side. So he was hitting from different spots on the floor. He was as hot as you get, absolutely feeling it. A mix of two- and three-pointers, a mix of catch-and-shoot and and off the dribble, and he he just crushed it. And he had the stretch where, you know, he hadn't been good. He hadn't been able to make anything. He was 0 for 11 for 3 against Sacramento, and he was 0 for 7 from 3 against Milwaukee. So he was piling up the misses. But, man, did he have it going in the second quarter. They threw that graphic up. Buller mentioned, I think, 9 of 11 in the second half. Just as hot as you get. So he can't sustain that, but he's not going to sustain the 0 for 18 either. And if you look at it, if you go to the law of numbers – He's still 4 for 28 in his last three games from three. When it's all done, I expect he's going to shoot mid to high 30% from three. So he's got a stretch where he ought to be making some more shots here. I don't, I think, I don't think we've seen the last of Red Hot Jordan Clarkson on this road trip. I wouldn't think. More people weighing in on our Facebook page. Philip, the flamethrower igniting was just as much of a story as getting the win. Come on, Phillip, it's all about the wins. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Split with the teams who are pretty good. You're going to end up in a good place in the playoff seating. And that's what this is. An 82-game march to give yourself the best possible path through the playoffs. Still have to do it. And you can lose home games. We all watch the Jazz. Lose a home game to the Clippers. And three in L.A. you got to win on the road. But the more home games you have, the better. DeJuro says, very impressive. It shows how deep this Jazz team is. It's never easy to get big wins on the road. Go Jazz. Man, you are right about that, DeJuro. The, uh, one of the many cool things that happened, and Jordan Clarkson going for 30 uh, is the headline to this game without question. But the Jazz ability to take the seventh man of the year, yeah, I'm going to make that a thing, to take the seventh man of the year, and plug Joe Ingles into the starting lineup and have Joe go off. Joe was 5 of 6 from 3. I mean, we're talking about how hot Jordan Clarkson was, because he was. Joe was 5 of 6. He's 7 of 9 from the floor. He had it going himself. Plug him in, get 19 points out of him, and everybody else did their thing. Bogey wasn't that hot, though. It's not like everybody was hot. They shot 41% as a team. Kind of lost in the Clarkson struggle was the Jazz haven't been shooting the three well at all. They've been down on low 30%. So 
So as a group, they ought to have more of these 40% games, get that number up to the high 30s when it's all, when it's at the end of the day, or at the end of the season, more accurately. Uh, You would expect the Jazz to be shooting 37, 38, 39% from three, somewhere up in there. So that would hit some more. That hit some more shots. They'd have more nights like that. Shoot their way to victory. 116 points is usually a winning number. All right, DJ and PK, more on the Jazz coming up, but we got to get to the NFL. Next, a couple of storylines for the locals. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's a Friday night edition of Utah football as the Utes hit the road to square off against David Shaw and the Stanford Cardinal in a key Pac-12 battle. Catch the Ute pregame show Friday night with a postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. When you go to your next Utah Jazz home game, visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 where there are free poppy shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. Wow. After all that positivity about the Jazz, quite the negative tweet coming in. People are in a bad mood for a football Friday. Although this is... Only partially a football tweet. It is also a basketball tweet. Justin, number one, I'm glad you admitted the Oregon tweet was negative on air. Number two, a few comments on a Facebook Jazz post. I guess boomers are still sleeping. Great game from the Jazz. Team's deep and unified. Love seeing Hassan W. smile and fun and Clarkson say how much he loves his teammates. Come on, the Facebook question was up last night at 8 o'clock. Boomers didn't go to sleep at 8 and sleep till 8. Come on, Justin. You hate positivity. I get it. And the Oregon tweet was just negative for you fans who can't admit BYU's better. BYU's got a better record. BYU beat the Utes head-to-head. All right. For one year, they're better. Just say it. Don't give them all the fun. You chum the waters. Let them go at you. Yeah, you guys had a nice year. Utah's loading up for next year. They're going to have most of this team back. They're winning the division. The division's in turmoil. It looks like the division's going to be in turmoil next year. PK said it. I hadn't even thought about it because it's so far away. But as soon as he said it, I knew it was true. He's going to be picked to win the division again next year. UCLA is going to have a new quarterback. USC is going to have a new head coach. Apparently, ASU is going to have a new head coach and a whole new coaching staff. And Arizona and Colorado are a long way away from being decent, let alone winning the division. But some people just like to fight back and forth. We take you now. Let's have a rematch. Although BYU fans, what were you doing yelling at Ute fans in that discussion about how bad the Pac-12 sucks? That made no sense to me. You people hate each other so bad, you can't even make sense. And I know I'm like the king of logical, and I didn't go to the bus stop here in the sixth grade and get yelled at because I'm wearing the wrong color suit, uh, uh, shirt. I go to games and media events and get yelled at for not wearing the. What are you doing wearing red slash blue? 
first off, this isn't West Side Story. It's not the Jets and the Sharks. It's not the Crips and the Bloods. Yach is now dancing like he's in West Side Story. I just threw up in my mouth. That was horrible. Never do that again. Okay, that was just radio. That was actually remarkably good. I was just playing radio. That was remarkably good. You're welcome. Were you in high school musicals? Were you the offensive lineman who did it all? No, I had buddies who were... You were straight offensive lineman. I was just... AP classes in offense. Oh, somebody was very smart. Humble brag. History. That's the only thing. All right. So where was I? What was I talking about, Yach, before you distracted me? Oh, the Jets and the Sharks. Yeah. What are you wearing that code for? Because it's cold and it's station issued. I don't know. Whatever. Leave me alone. So I don't get into it the way you get into it. But I got to admit, watching those discussions, I was stunned the way BYU went at Utah fans because the Pac-12 sucks. Well, first off, it does, so why are we even arguing about that? It obviously does. Obviously. It's not debatable. This is a horrible year for the Pac-12. Get through it and move on and hope there's better times ahead. But BYU, you're, the BYU's whole season is hanging right now on their wins over the Pac-12. It's not because you've been great against the Mountain West. You beat Utah State, you lost to Boise State, you won and won. Eh. It's not because you're going to beat a big sky team and you're going to beat Georgia Southern. Those are the gimmies everybody has baked into their schedule. It's weird to have them baked in in November. I'm not used to that. But I've never lived in the southeast part of the country where the SEC does this all the time and you have to get ready for the game with the Citadel in November. I don't like it. I'm looking forward to BYU being in the Big 12 and having big games and have the story build in November instead of come to a screeching halt in November. Last year, BYU took the hit. BYU took the hit last year because they didn't have Power 5 teams on their schedule. Not their fault. All the Power 5 teams canceled. They had NFL talent. I think they would have done great against Power 5 teams because they had so many NFL caliber guys at the top of their roster. This year, they're doing great against the Pac-12. They're 4-0. I think they're going to go 5-0. But this is like the fans who chant overrated, and literally every fan base does that. You've just won a big game. You chant overrated the other team. It just diminishes what you do. It doesn't make any sense to me. None whatsoever. All right, I got a commercial break to try and figure that out. Coming up, it's a football Friday. There are big NFL games to watch. There are intriguing college football games to watch. And then there's what our locals are going to do. And we'll get to all of that next. Stay with us.